I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Hey there. Ever wonder what happens to all those amazing screenplays that never make it to the big screen? Well, wonder no more. Welcome to Table Read Podcast, where we bring those undiscovered gems to life. Picture this. Talented actors giving incredible performances with the occasional laugh or blooper thrown in, produced by award-winning pros. From drama to comedy, TV pilots to feature films, there's something for everyone. And guess what? We release new episodes every week, so don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Table Read Podcast, where great stories finally get their chance to shine. and welcome back to another episode of Thanks for Coming In. I'm your host, Jillian Clare. If this is your first time tuning into the show, this is the podcast where I talk to fellow actors about their journey so far and also some really fun audition stories and mishaps and everything that involves that. Um, We have a good time. We have a good time. And hey, happy September. If you're like me, it is now officially Halloween season. I I gotta say it, guys. September is the start of Halloween. Like, if y'all can start Christmas in November, I can start Halloween in September. Um, So, you know, I'm about to decorate. I think it's time to pull out the pumpkins and the skeletons and the bats and get a little spooky up in here. Speaking of spooky, today on the show, we have... Aubrey Miller, who you may know best from the witchy series Just Add Magic, where she played Hannah. You may also remember her from Austin and Allie, the Fresh Beat Band, Sam and Cat. She's been working basically her whole life, and now she's taking on a new role. She has a brand new series called Me that's going to premiere this fall on YouTube that she's not only starring in, but also producing and writing. We love to see that. Uh, it was a 
fantastic pleasure talking to her. So here is my conversation with Aubrey Miller. And welcome to the show, Miss Aubrey. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Of course. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. Yeah, just uh, excited for the show and staying busy in post-production. So yeah, doing good. How about you? Yeah, so you are in post-production right now for your digital series, Me, which is very exciting. I uh, also started producing pretty young, so it's fun to see somebody also doing the same thing. I think it's really important that we take control of our own careers and start making content that we want to make. So what inspired you to uh, make the show? show? Yeah, you know, I've been in the entertainment industry since I was nine years old. I have grown up on set. And I remember being on uh, my first job, the Fresh Beat Band. And in between breaks, I would literally go around and like interview everybody in like the different departments. I'd like go talk to props on one lunch break and be like, tell me everything about everything in here. I'd talk to like our sound guys on another break and be like, how does all this work? So I've always just been like super fascinated with production and, you know, behind the camera and a really valued, you know, every person that goes into making a project. And so I think when... COVID hit and it all kind of got taken away and I, you know, was just at home. It was kind of the perfect time to create something of my own. And I've written several scripts before. I have like five originals um, at Copywritten at Writers Guild. So like this has definitely been something that I've, you know, kind of been doing, but have never brought to life. And so I think just being in COVID and having that time to really put everything into into something um, was kind of just the perfect moment. And also being 19 and kind of closing that chapter and starting fresh um, has been really exciting. So that was kind of, you know, the main thing behind it. And conceptually, what kind of inspired it is just starting with a really simple idea and ended up, you know, building on it and it started as something really small and ended up blossoming into something so much more significant so much bigger um, like it was kind of crazy it started as like let's just film like a little something and I can't do anything small <laughs> I have to like put my everything that I do so uh so it turned into something much bigger and you know elaborated on these storylines and made them so much more complex than initially you know we started with and uh yeah that, that was kind of how it all came to be that's so exciting. And, um, you know, that age range where you're at right now is such a, a pivotal point, especially for kid actors who are now becoming mm-hmm. adult actors and you're having to navigate basically a whole new world, right? Yeah. Because it's like, at least when I was your age, I was always told like, well, what you did as a kid doesn't really count anymore because now you're an adult and you're like, but wait, I've done, I've done this my whole life. What are you talking about? Right. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's a weird, a weird time frame. It's weird. And, but it's, it's cool that you're really taking it into your own hands and saying, look, I'm not going to stop. I'm going to keep going because this is what I want to do. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. And it is that weird, like transitional period where a lot of people kind of make that jump from like, Mm -hmm. you know, kid content to like really adult content really fast. And, um, you know, I'm someone who's always, I've loved every project that I've worked on and I really love, you know, the family space and and the kids space. I think it's such a fun place to work. And, um, you know, I've really enjoyed doing that these 
last 11 years. And mm-hmm. so with this show, you know, I, I did want to blend some of those genres and, you know, make something that the whole family can enjoy. I didn't want to um, make that jump and neglect my young following. You know what I mean? I still really love that space and, um, you know, appreciate all my young audience and really want to make something that they can enjoy, but also that like their older sibling can enjoy, maybe that their older sibling would even turn on, you know what I mean? So something that really like the whole family can sit down and watch. And I think that was something really beautiful about Just Had Magic, my previous show that I worked on is it was kind of that like, Mm. middle space, it wasn't like adult content. And it wasn't like, made for little kids it was something that like really any age could enjoy it was clean enough for the young audience but it was interesting enough for the older audience and so I think that was something I really tried Mm -hmm. to accomplish with this show um so yeah sometimes (laughs) that's exciting and that's it's very it's very true there is I feel like there's less content that really does make that bridge these days. Like it's either like, let's go for the R ratings. Let's go for the crazy or we're going to make it so that only like seven year olds are going to love it. Exactly. Exactly. For sure. <laughs> and, and I, it's, it's funny. Cause my whole cast, we have like three of the kids are young. We have a, a 13, a 12, and a 14. And that's like those three. And then we have a 19. And then I just turned 20. And then a 21. So that's like the six. So we kind of have that little split gap. But it's really interesting Mm. because the shows that like we grew up with were so like so many people of all ages watched it. Even when I was on Austin and Allie, I had so many like 20 year olds, 17 year olds, you know, like the, that older teen, even 25 year olds like watched Austin and Allie. That was such like a relevant show for so many people or like even iCarly. Like I can talk about iCarly with my three younger kids, but I can also talk about it with the three older kids on the show. And it was just something that like everybody watched and it is it is that thing now where it's like you either have to watch like Disney Junior or Riverdale like it's one or the other you know what I mean it's kind of (laughs) finding that like middle tier and I know I I I those are the type of shows that I watch or kind of the things in that middle ground but they're they're hard to find nowadays and so that was a real Mm -hmm. like mission of mine was to make something for everybody and not go one way. I love that. I love that. And I think that's, that's going to find you success too, is really tackling something that other markets aren't focusing on. Like it's a very smart business decision as well. When you look at it like in a broader spectrum. Yeah, for sure. It's missing. So take me back, take me like, take me to the start of your career. Were you the, one of the kids who also came out of the wombs just singing and performing and doing all the things? Um, I know most of us are like that. It's like you're born and you're like, oh, please pay attention to me because I love entertaining. Um, so was that you? Did you? I mean, I'm an only child too, which, you know, kind of, you know, immediately makes that happen. But yeah, for sure. I've been dancing my whole life. I grew up as a dancer. I started dancing when I was three. Um, So like living room performances were my life. You know what I mean? Always had a mic in my hand, was always dancing. But what's really funny is I had like no idea that acting was like a career like that someone could do. 
no idea. I thought that you like had to be, I don't know. I had, I just, it wasn't a thing in my mind that somebody could do. You just had to be in television world or else like, I feel like nowadays with social media and everything, people can really see that it's, you know, a job that people can actually take on. But <laughs> my right, era, right. you weren't Miley Cyrus or Selena Gomez. You weren't, you didn't have a shot. Like that was not a job for you. Um, but I knew Broadway was a thing and that was something I really wanted to do. So was always dancing, mm. was always singing, was always, you know, performing and um, definitely the stage has been my home from day one. I did competitive dance. So like just any time that I can be on a stage, like that was home for me. Any chance that I had to perform, that was the greatest thing ever. Um, And I really wanted to be on Broadway and ended up coming out to LA to pursue my dance career and help me get to that next step to go um, to Broadway. But ended up getting a dance agent and auditioned. My first audition ever as a dancer was for the Fresh Beat Band. And I walked into the audition room, like prepared to dance, freestyle, whatever they needed me to do. And they handed me a script. And I was like, I'm not sure what this is, but sure. (laughs) And I read like three little lines. (laughs) Next thing I knew, that same day, I was in the fitting room trying on like the costume for my character um, and booked it and literally walked onto a set. We filmed on Paramount, which is like the most magical place of all time. And was like, I don't know what any of this is, but I know I want to do it for the rest of my life. And that was pretty much that. And I never stopped. Never stopped. Never stopped working. So Broadway took a little detour. How old were you when that happened? I was nine. Wow. Wow. (laughs) And that was your like first experience acting, doing anything like that. Yeah had never picked up a script, had never been on a set, had never even auditioned. It was my first audition. It was like crazy. Um, So it happened really quickly for me, which I'm really grateful for. But um, yeah, crazy experience. One of the best memories that I still look back on. And every time I go to Paramount, I'm like, this is my favorite place ever. Um, It just has all of those, you know, (laughs) feels. And it feels like everything Hollywood is like supposed to feel like. I feel like is what Paramount feels like. And then funny enough, the soundstage that we filmed on, I got to go back and film on a little bit later when I guest starred on Nikki, Ricky, Dicky, and Dawn. They had the exact same soundstage as the Fresh Beat Band just a few years later. And um, yeah, it was really fun. I was hanging out with the cast and I was like, let me tell you the set secrets about this soundstage because I was here first. <laughs> <laughs> so I gave them all like, you know, the haunted stories and everything from like happy days and everything that I'd filmed there. So really really fun yeah that's so cool so you did the fresh beat band and how many how long were you on that show I was on the show for a season so they had the kind of concept of the fresh beat band is it was like the four main characters and then they had like mini versions of themselves called the junior beats so I was one of the junior beats I came in on the last season of the show and then the show was canceled after that so You can shop from anywhere doing pretty much anything. You might shop while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast. And however you shop, we all know and love the thrill of the hunt. But do you also know how to get the thrill of the best deals? Because Rakuten shoppers do. With Rakuten, they get the deals they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. 
Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Sephora, Nike, and even Expedia if you're looking to get some travel in. And getting cash back doesn't mean you have to miss out on sales because those can just be stacked right on top. It's easy to use and based on a simple idea. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back through PayPal or check. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it. Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Hmm. So you do the Fresh Beat Band, and then what? Are you just like on a roll after that? Or are you just booking constantly? Yeah, finished the Fresh Beat Band. The show had gone for like four seasons previously. They just like rotated out the kids. So I was the last one that came in. And then got an acting agent and just kept booking. Yeah, I, I remember I did Kicking It shortly after that. And then Austin and Allie, um, Shameless, took a took a big jump there. Californication, just, yeah, one thing after another. <laughs> Crazy. And then how old were you when you got into Just Add Magic? Because that's like, that's the role that you're really known for, right? Is is Just Add Magic? Yeah, for sure. I think it's funny. I feel like some of my guest stars actually battled Just Add Magic a little bit for that spot. <laughs> Austin and Allie, like, I still get recognized for sometimes, which is crazy. And Sam and Cat is still a really predominant role of mine. Um, even Shameless. It's really funny. I was working on me and we have a... a an amazing band in the show called St. Luna. And they were like, wait, you were on Shameless? And I was like, yeah. And I like gave them the episode. They're like, we love that episode. <laughs> so it's so funny. Some of those like roles stay really predominant in my in my life. But just had magic for sure is one of my one of my better known roles. And I started that when I was 12. It was like 12 bordering 13. Wow. Um, the show came out in 2014. So I was 13 when it released, but we filmed it like a year before it actually came out. So I was like 12, 13, something mm. like that. And how long did you do that? I mean, that that show was on for a while. Yeah, we started the show at around 12, 14, and I finished it at 17. Wow. So yeah, pretty much my whole teens were on were on Just Had Magic. It's funny because the way that we filmed it, we ended up filming it over the span of, uh, I mean, several years we took filming the show. But the way that it kind of released only came out to like four seasons. 
but we were mm. filming for much longer than that. So it's kind of a weird timeline when I talk about Just Sign Magic because we would film like a year before it would come out. It was crazy. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I would say I started around <laughs> 13, 12 and finished at 17. So it was definitely on it for a hot minute. And that's, it's a cool, it's a cool experience to be a part of a show for that long because it's like you really create that family environment, especially at that age where you're really like making this leap of being known as like, you know, doing the younger roles. And Mm -hmm. now it's like, okay, you're slowly getting into that like teen slash adult area. Um, So it's really fun to be a part of something for that long because it's like those years are so precious and like you said earlier, like Just Add Magic had that um, that bridge where it wasn't too adulty yeah. and it wasn't too kitty. So it, it kind of sure. sounds like the perfect show to grow up on. Yeah, it definitely was. It had that, you know, place to grow where you weren't, you know, stuck being super young and also not having to go super old. The funny thing about it, and I don't think a lot of fans realize this, but us as actors definitely had to deal with it is the entire show apparently, according to the writers and producers, takes place over the span of like six months. And so I remember- But you guys keep getting older. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So everybody had a birthday on the show, but me. In fact, one of our characters had two birthdays on the show. So we we always had like these birthday storylines for our characters, but my character never had a birthday. So I remember I walked up to to one of our like producer writers one day and I was like, am I still 12? And they were like, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, sure, sure. Okay. <laughs> so apparently from ages 12 to 17, I was still 12. Uh, <laughs> good times. But so funny. So hilarious. Am I still 12? What what a question to have to ask. I know. I know. They're like, we could pretend that you had a birthday. And I was like, no, that's okay. That's fine. I'm okay. It's okay. I'll just, I'll live in this forever. It's fine. I'll be like the permanent Benjamin Button. Yep. Yep. So funny. Wow. So you, you finished Just Add Magic and um, then what? Is that when you decided you wanted to start like really focusing on making your own stuff as well? Yeah, I think uh, I think I've kind of always known that I wanted to go behind the camera at some point. I just never really had the right time to do it. And mm. so when Just Add Magic ended, I was definitely, you know, interested in doing that. Um still, you know, focusing on a little bit more of the acting side of things. But I I would say around that time, I had already developed several scripts. So definitely, you know, knew that that was a direction that I wanted to go in. But again, just kind of waiting for the right moment to do it. And so I think when Mm -hmm. this opportunity came along, this was really like, okay, now's the time. Uh, which is crazy. It's, you know, I believe that God has a perfect plan and like everything happens in his timing. So it's just kind of amazing to see how certain things work or how certain doors close so that new opportunities can open or how, you know, you get really close to one project and then it's like, had I gotten that, this wouldn't even be a thing. You know what I mean? So it's kind of amazing Mm -hmm. to see that 
evolution and and how that's happened but yeah wow so on this podcast, we like to share audition stories. Um, they can be ones that have gone awry. Uh, they can be funny ones. They can be the one that got away. Uh, do you have any stories that you would like to share with the listeners? Oh, my goodness. I have so many audition stories. <laughs> it's crazy. Um, what's a fun one that I can share? I feel like my kicking it audition was a really fun time. So it was my Austin Alley one, but I'll share the kicking it. I played this little pageant girl who was not very talented in simple terms. And this was one of my first auditions coming off of Fresh Beat Band too. And I was obsessed with Toddlers and Tiaras. Loved that show. That was like my show. So I got this audition and I was like, I understand the assignment. I know what needs to be done. Like, I got it. <laughs> and I walked into this room. I did not have a pretty dress on. I did not look like a pageant girl. And I remember everybody in the audition looked like they just walked off of Toddlers and Tiaras. I mean, faces were airbrushed, hair to oh the highest, goodness. most beautiful sparkly outfits. And I was like, well... <laughs> I'm not dressed for this, but that's okay because I know what needs to be done. And so I like walked into this audition room and I, I, I actually make this joke often that if you want somebody to dance poorly, get a dancer to play the role because they know every rule to break. So I kind of went in with that mentality for this and did the signature like toddler and tiara, like leg circle jump thing, you know, where they like hold their leg in the air and mm -hmm. jump in a circle really poorly. And I was like, all right, it's go time. Let's sickle this foot. Let's like, you know, have my hip turned it, like all the, all the things. And I remember I did that in the audition along with all my other lines. And I was like, this is, this is great. This is a good time. It fulfilled all of my toddler and TR dreams. And I was leaving the audition. And I remember the, the people in the room were laughing really hard. I left the audition. And as I was like walking down the stairs, my mom's phone rang and they were like, yeah, she booked it. <laughs> crazy oh my gosh you booked it before you even left the building yeah yes wow that was a that's, good that's a good audition it was a good audition I have fond memories of that audition yeah that was a really fun time and then I got to do it all um on set when I when I booked the job and got to play with um yeah with you know the amazing cast and the lead actor was from Hannah Montana, which was like my childhood. And so it was such a fun time. And that was one of the first jobs that I had where I walked on strictly as an actor and was not there, you know, to mm. be a dancer, even though I, you know, got to dance and do those things. And so that was a really special experience and special audition that led to yeah. everything else to follow. There's an important lesson in, in your audition story here that I want to point out, and it's that, you know, your wardrobe does not define how good you are in the room. Yeah. I mean, I was al I've always been told that you should go in as a blank canvas because that's what we're supposed to be as actors is a blank canvas. But mm -hmm. I can remember when I was on Castle, it was for a goth role, and I had, like, auburn hair. I did not look very gothy. I didn't own gothy things. I just sure. wore black and put on some boots and said, this is what you're getting. And, 
everyone else in in the audition room like went for it like they had the fake piercings everywhere and like all of the things and I was like I'm not that person but you can make me that person that's totally fine and I ended up booking it because I I think there's like a level of like no I'm confident in myself and my skills I don't need to I don't need to create the character for you in that aspect like as long as I'm good in my acting and I know what I'm doing with the role that's what my job is. You guys have to do the rest. Absolutely. And what's really funny about that too is my character in the show, you can go back and watch the episode on Disney Plus, never wears a sparkly dress. That's not who she was. You know what I mean? So I think I also understood like she's not the perfect beauty queen. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's not who she is. And so you know, that was something that I took into account with it too. Um, I actually was in this like seminar thing with um, Octavia Spencer and um, oh, who's the other actress? <sighs> who's the main character and mom? Um, Allison Janney. Allison Janney, thank you. So I was in a in a thing with with the two of them, and they were saying your audition is not your final performance. That's not the thing that you're going to get on screen. And it's so true. Um, You know, it's a great space to play. And I've always been someone who loves the audition process. I know a lot of people who don't like it or, you know, it's like, oh, it's fine, but it's just like the hurdle that I have to do to get to, you know, what I actually want to do. And I've loved it so much because I did grow up as that person who would put on shows in my living room or the person who just craved being on stage. So any chance that I had to perform, you know, I took with open arms. And so I've always approached the audition room as just another stage and another chance to play and perform. And like whether I get it or not, you know, I can't book every job. That's right. If I booked every (laughs) job, nobody else would ever work and nobody wants that. There was somebody out there who booked every job that I would never get to work and that wouldn't be fun. So, you know, it's just like all about going in there and bringing people to life. And, you know, there's so many factors that go into getting a role, like so many things. It's not even always. There's so many things. It can be your eye color that you don't get it. I know that one time I, I booked a role. One of the reasons I booked a role was because my name was the same as the director's ex-girlfriend that he was still in love with. So like, (laughs) There can be any reason why you book anything, just anything. It could be like, you had the best performance, but you're a little too tall for the role. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or one that I get a lot is I look too young to play a lot of, you know, the older characters. Mm. Um, yeah. So, you know, I've always approached the audition experience with so much love. And even now going into making my own show, like every script that I've ever read has impacted me in some way you know, and you just can't trade that for anything. Even I had a friend who um, is going out for a project and he was like, hey, can you help me with with this? And I was like, yeah. And I was like, I'm going to read the full script because obviously, you know, I want to help you with this, but there's just so much to learn from auditions and from scripts. And I think that it's such a, like a blessing and a wonderful experience that we get to have. Yeah. I, for one, can't wait to get back to in-person auditions because I feel like it it's much you more collaborative. You get that feedback. 
Like, I just, I want to be in the room. I want to be able to talk to the casting director. I want to be able to ask questions if I have them. And I want her, her or him or they to be able to give me feedback or give me the redirection. Yeah. Because acting is such a collaborative thing that, like, yeah. you don't have that person saying, actually, you know what, can you do that again and give it more of this? Then, like, mm-hmm. we're, we're not able to do our jobs fully. Yeah, absolutely. I I cannot agree with you more. Like I'm dying to have in-person auditions back. There is something about being in the room that just is such a different dynamic. Mm-hmm. And even like cues that you're able to pick up on. I mean, I've gone into auditions several times and been been able to make decisions on the spot based on the reactions or based on the way that the reader is delivering things or yep. you know, those little notes that you get are just priceless and there's no better feeling in the world than like getting a laugh in a room that is just like the best like knowing you nailed it and you're like yeah I did it I did it yes absolutely I remember when I was auditioning for Shameless um it was a really dramatic role for me it was something that I hadn't really played with a lot and I walked into that room and like you know, sat in the chair and just had this whole moment. And I remember looking up at the end and seeing everybody's eyes filled with water and everybody wiping their tears. And I was just like, oh my gosh, I've never brought someone to tears before. I've never had this like reaction. And that Mm. was such a powerful moment for me. And, um, you know, I look back on that audition very often as well. And you you just can't, you don't have that same thing with all the self-tapes. Um, anymore, which is really sad. Hopefully we'll be back soon. I hope we go back soon. Um, I, for one, am very excited to see what you do next. And I'm excited to watch your new show, Me, which premieres this fall. Is that correct? Yes, this fall. Awesome. Um, And where can people follow you on social media to keep up with everything that you're doing? Yeah, well, they can follow me on Instagram at official Aubrey Miller. My Twitter is Aubrey K Miller. My TikTok's the same as my Instagram, official Aubrey Miller. Hard to get handles everywhere. Um, <laughs> if you want to stay up to date with all things me, it is me original series on Instagram and TikTok and me underscore the series on Twitter. <laughs> awesome. Well, I'm stoked to see your new show and I can't wait to see all of the fun things you do in your career. And thank you so, so much for coming on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. It was great talking with you. Thanks again to Aubrey for coming on the show and spending a little time with me. Make sure you are subscribed to the show wherever you're listening to it right now. Leave us some love, some stars, some words. Um, And make sure to follow us on social media. Those links are in the show notes. We post some really fun stuff. Um, And tune in next week for my conversation with Paula Rhodes. And until then, thanks for coming in. Hello, dear stranger. I'd like to introduce you to something new. Or perhaps something very, very old. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine is a horror fantasy medical mystery following the titular monk turned traveling medical investigator. Follow Radolf as he navigates a nightmare world in which viruses are gods and the human race are not their favored children. Steeped in history and an aesthetic that can only be described as a combination of occult academia 
and Laboratory Judaica. The heresies of Rudolf Burntwine have been described as Umberto Echo meets H.P. Lovecraft. For more information, check out the Patreon at thorb.info. But take care, dear stranger, for some truths are best left unknown.